This is the Vegetarian Zen Podcast, episode number 78. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, Veg Zeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in today's episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, you're going to learn that there is indeed life after dairy milk. And Larissa, this is totally up your alley because you could not live without dairy milk and like two gallons a week that you would go through because I can't, I couldn't drink dairy milk anyways previously, but you would buy at least two gallons yourself and polish them off pretty much. And I, I really think that had a lot to do with your diabetes too. And my, my diabetes and also um, all of the problems that I had with lupus and uh, fibromyalgia. And, you know, of course yeah. I still have those things, but since I stopped with the milk and I, you know, I'm eating more vegetables and everything and no meat, I've seen quite a bit of an improvement. Definitely. Now I still have flares like, and I'm kind of going through one right now, but way different than they used to be. Yeah. So we are here to tell you, at least that one of us is a recovering dairy milk addict, that there are options. There's options such as soy, nut, rice, and coconut milk. So we're going to talk about those today. And many more. And many more. But first, I think we have a rating. Right. Well, before we do that, let me add one more thing. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, this was a requested episode. Yes. A requested topic. And I apologize. I don't know your first name. This was via email. And it's from a first first initial, A, Capaldo. And I'm pretty sure female. But uh, we emailed back and forth a few times. And it's always signed with A and then a little line. So thank you so much. And for everyone else, um, you know, that's a good sign that we listen. We really listen to what you guys are looking for. Uh, you know, we can't, we have some ideas of things we're looking into ourselves. I've got one that probably will come out pretty soon regarding dopamine and vegetarians and well, um, I digress. But anyways, <laughs> so we come up with some of our own because as I mentioned, we're always learning and we're always, we're always trying to find different studies, different movies, different blogs, different resources that we can use as vegetarians because we're learning just like you guys. But um, we are so open to your suggestions. So if there's anything you've been wanting to, you know, let us be your research for you because uh, we love doing that stuff anyways. And, um, you know, we're happy to share with the rest of the group and, and probably other people are wondering about some of the same stuff you might have questions about as well. Absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and move into our new ratings. All right. And once again, we're still working on August. Uh, this is from Mark and I think it's Gway, G-U-A-Y. And I think we met him at a podcast movement, I think. And so he and he has his own podcast. But he says, uh, oh, man, I love it when I come across a great podcast that helps me explore the world of healthy living. When I tell others I eat from the ground up, they don't believe me. I believe you guys do. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for leaving us that rating. And then really quickly, I just wanted to do a general, particularly Facebook shout out. Mm -hmm. We have seen our likes go up on Facebook like a lot. <laughs> well, let's see. In two days, we went from 963 to 1,025. Yeah. 
That's a lot. And even when we used to run ads. So Mm -hmm. for all of you guys who share our page on your page with your friends, with people that you and invite people to the page who you think would find benefit in it. Thank you so much. This means a lot to us. It really motivates us. You would not believe how excited we get. And, you know, because it, it, it helps us to know that people are listening and that people are interested in hearing some of the things that we're learning. And, and hopefully it helps you, too. Right. And then also for our new Facebook group that we have, the Peas and Carrots Society, I'm just over the moon. I mean, with that, I'm so excited. I was so excited to start it. And the response that we have had has been incredible. I think we're up to 17 members now. So that would mm-hmm. be 17, including us. Yeah. But so I'll think of whoever I can. Okay, so Sarah, Danielle, Susan, Mary, uh, Chelsea, Kim. Um, God, I, there's so many more people. people. Kristen, yeah. uh, I, I can't think of everybody right offhand. But the interaction has been fantastic. It's just so nice to see everybody getting together and helping one another and giving advice, you know, especially over the Thanksgiving holiday, we had some people asking questions about how they deal with family, you know, how should they do deal with this issue or that issue. And I mean, the conversations that have just been going on in that group have just been so exciting and refreshing and supportive. And that's exactly why we started that. Yeah. And again, we never have claimed to have all the answers. Our situations are different all of our situations are very individual. And so it's great to have other people kind of chime in and share their experiences. And you're right. One of the things that did come up was how do you deal with family? Well-meaning family, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are trying to think they're doing good, but they're still kind of not getting it. (laughs) And sometimes not so well-meaning. Yeah. I just thought of another one, Renee. Uh That's another one. I'll probably be thinking of people. Yeah. Try not to leave anybody (laughs) out. I know. But anyways, thank you guys so much. That means a lot to us. And again, we really feel motivated and excited um, Mm -hmm. as we continue doing this. Right. Okay, so I think we're ready to dive into our main topic, and that is milk. Okay. Now, first, let's do a really quick recap. I don't want to get into it too much because I'd rather focus on the different types of milk that are out there and, and talk a little bit more about those. But let's let's talk a little bit about why animal milk is not the best for you. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of uh, preface this... If you want to hear more, we do have an older podcast. It's episode 33, uh, Reasons to Eat Less Dairy. And you can check that out, too. I'll put that link in the show Yeah, so it goes into a little bit more detail. But first of all, I think one of the things that has come to light uh, more recently has been that animal milk really doesn't increase the integrity of your bones as has been purported primarily by the dairy industry (laughs) for a long time or people influenced by the dairy industry. So unfortunately, our government is oftentimes influenced by various industries. Um, And it actually can help to, it actually can cause weakness in your bones because milk in your system creates an acidic reaction in your body that your bones can excrete and lose some of the calcium to try to neutralize that in your system. So again, listen to episode 33 for a little bit better explanation, but just wanted to recap one of those uh, points. Another point is hormones in, in cows. So the cows uh, are, you know, one of the ways they're abused by the dairy industry. They're given tons of supplements and to, and hormones to try to make them produce a lot of milk because the more milk they produce, the more money those people make. And because they have these massive amounts of hormones, they're very um, open to infections and such, and the way they're kept, of course. And so they're given 
antibiotics. Mm -hmm. And those have been shown to show up in the milk of the cow. So that can really mess with your own hormone system when you ingest these. Exactly, right. And then another thing is... uh, like you mentioned earlier with me, uh, the links to diabetes because milk, cow's milk or any animal milk is, is pretty high in sugar. Yeah. And I'm going to read this. This is from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. So this is on their website. It will be in the show notes if you want to read more about it. But it says insulin dependent type one diabetes or childhood onset diabetes is linked to consumption of dairy products in infancy. Mm-hmm. A two- 2001 finished study of 3,000 infants with genetically increased risk for developing diabetes showed that early introduction of cow's milk increased susceptibility to type 1 diabetes. And I think it said up to 30% reduction of the incidence of type 1 diabetes in infants who did not have that exposure. All right, so that's pretty powerful. That is. Right, and if you look at it... Uh cow's milk, at least, the sugar, and we'll mention this when we talk about soy, uh, the sugar content of cow's milk is almost double what it is of soy for the same serving size. Right. Okay, so that's a quick recap of why we are no longer consuming dairy milk. Let's talk about the options that are available. All right. Well, now, you know, if you're going store-bought versus homemade, and we'll talk about both, we're mainly going to focus on homemade milks later on. But store-bought, when you if you go to the grocery store, the types of plant milks that you're most likely to find are soy, almond, coconut, hemp, um, rice, and maybe some oat milk, depending on where you go. And then homemade. Now, this is something cool that I learned that I did not know. I mean, I knew, you know, the obvious ones, the ones that we make, we make almond milk, I've made soy milk before. uh, But, and I knew about some of the other seeds, you know, hemp and everything, but uh, I didn't realize there were so many things that you can make milk from. I know she was going through the she was as she was writing this, she goes, you could make milk from like anything. I know. So here, here's just a quick list. I'm just going to just buzz down this list really fast. So okay, all of the ones we just talked about for the store bought options plus amaranth, Brazil nuts, buckwheat, cashews, hazelnuts, macadamias, millet, pine nuts, poppy seeds, pecans, pumpkin seeds, quinoa, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, walnuts, that is awesome. I know. It's so crazy. I wouldn't want to try some of these I know. that I didn't even think of, like macadamia nuts. I love macadamia nuts. Well, that now, great. fortunately, I found the perfect resource for this, and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll probably actually do a mini post on the on the website with a link to it, going into a little more detail. But it's on a site called Yum Universe, yumuniverse.com, Y-U-M, and it's the ultimate guide to plant milks. And this, um, I think it's a woman who wrote the the article. She went into just exhaustive detail. And what I really love about this article is that it has instructions for how to make uh, like probably two thirds or three quarters of the ones that we just mentioned. Very cool. Yeah, you showed that to me. with sweeteners and add-ins and all kinds like of stuff. Like what mixes well with what, right? Yes. I mean, this. she really put a lot of time and effort into this and the, the pictures are fantastic so definitely check out this uh this article so and that's where we get a lot of the information from this episode for this episode so let's talk a little bit then about a couple of the common ones okay so let's start with soy 
Now, this is a little controversial. We've talked about soy. We have an episode on the soy controversy that I'll link to here as well. But a couple of the good things about soy is, as we mentioned, it's lower in sugar than dairy milk. So seven grams per cup versus 12 grams in dairy milk. Uh, Soy is also high in omega-3 and omega-6 essential fatty acids. It contain now here's the kind of controversial part. Soy contains phytoestrogens, which are plant estrogen, right? And now, especially for women, this is kind of controversial because women already produce estrogen. So some people are saying some research has shown or, you know, the contention is that if you consume a lot of soy as a woman, it can throw off your hormonal balance because you're getting even more estrogen. But one of the interesting things that I like about this is that it could possibly prevent some postmenopausal problems that women have uh, or symptoms of menis- much, yeah. yeah, symptoms of menopause when you na- your body naturally stops producing as much estrogen. So if you're replacing it with by you know consuming soy, then that could be a good way to kind of naturally balance that out with ha- without having to take all of the the synthetic estrogen replacements. Yeah. Just to just to add though, again there there are studies that contradict each other mm-hmm. that that pretty much take one side versus another. I think personally I have stampeding cats. <laughs> we have stampeding cats. I have cut back on that myself mm-hmm. just because of the potential hormonal impacts. Mm-hmm. So we don't have it every day, but I mean, I think in moderation, it's still okay. Right. For and then, me. I mean, right. And, you know, I use soy milk in cooking. Uh, if I make mashed potatoes, then I'll use a little bit of soy milk. But again, it's not like you're not drink. we're not drinking gallons of it no. or, you know, and I'll, I use it with cereal. I know you use almond milk with cereal. Yeah, but you don't drink two gallons of this. No. Like you were drinking two gallons no, of uh, cow's no, milk. Not at all. <laughs> no, because I don't like the taste of it just by itself. I, yeah. don't, I won't sit there and drink a glass of it. Um, but so, you know, I, I've used it in cereal and I'm yeah, used to it that way. Yeah, we just plain. plain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, soy for men, one thing that may help men is to reduce the risk of prostate cancer. Again, because of the phytoestrogens is that prostate cancer, men with prostate cancer issues have a like a higher testosterone level and that estrogen can balance that out. So that's one thing that they say may be beneficial for men. Uh, so what about the taste? The taste to me is is mild. It's not like nutty or it's... It, I, at first, I will say the very first sip of soy milk I had, because all you have to compare it to is dairy. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a difference. And of course, you said that as well. Mm-hmm. But to your point, when you put it in things like cereal or you know, you're cooking with it, you really can't taste the difference. Or baking with it, you really can't taste the difference. No, not at all. And uh, well... Okay, I say not at all, but yeah, you can taste the difference, but it's not objectionable exactly. to me. And you know how sensitive I am. She's very picky. <laughs> very very picky. picky. No, I'm not picky. I'm sensitive. <laughs> I have a sensitive palate. Um, yeah, I, I have a palate of a six-year-old. A discriminating taste. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, and so I'm really sensitive to things that taste different or odd or unconventional we having the conversation oh we were talking about coconut oil this yes, morning coconut. and bananas and banana 
And she's like, I hate them both. <laughs> I really do. And it's, you know, I want to like them. Yeah. But especially bananas. Cause I was, I was, as I mentioned earlier, I was doing a study of brain, your brain and dopamine and particularly those of vegetarians and, and tyrosine, one of the I think is what came we're up with about. tyrosine and bananas, which is supposed to be really good for you. And she said, I said, not even banana bread. She said, no, no. I just don't like the texture of it at all. The texture and the taste. It's just awful to me. And it's the like irony avocados. of that is you make the best banana bread I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, but anyway, so uh, as far as the taste goes, it's not hard to get used to. Um, and then as far as uses for soy, just like we were saying, pretty much anything that you can, that you, that calls for dairy milk, you can easily substitute soy. And that's what I do. And I also, but I also do substitute our next one that we'll mention, and that's almond milk. And that's the one we have most commonly around the house and homemade. Homemade, almond milk. yes. We don't buy store bought almond milk anymore. We used to. When we first became vegetarians, we would keep like a carton of almond and a carton of soy. And every now I make now it. And then, yeah, but every now and then, don't we have, I thought we had bought some. Or has this been a while? Maybe it's been a long time. Okay. It's just soy that's in there. We now. had a gander at that uh, uh, ingredients list, and we're not happy with that. <laughs> no, no, I really do need to start making soy on a regular basis too. Yeah. All right, but as far as nutrition, almonds are very alkalizing, which is good. And now, of course, that's the opposite of dairy milk, which is acidic. And so, almonds have an alkal alkaline effect on your body. And then uh, they are also a good source of vitamin E, ma magnesium, potassium. And now potassium, of course, helps keep your electrolytes in balance. So that's a good thing. Um, now, the taste. Larissa doesn't care for it as much. You didn't care for the taste as much initially. I don't know. How do you feel about that now? Well, I don't drink it plain. I don't use it on cereal, but I do put it in my coffee. Uh -huh. And I will bake with it or cook with it. And I'm fine with that because it blends in. It doesn't, you know, it's not like putting coconut milk in your coffee you can taste coconut if you put almond milk in your coffee you taste coffee yeah and i do put coconut in my coffee by the way you do but that's a different story but that's coconut oil yeah that's coconut, coconut oil. milk um the almond taste though it does taste like almonds but here's what's so funny i like it plain i can drink it plain but i don't like it in coffee for some reason huh. the way it mixes with the coffee i just don't i'm not i don't really like that really very much. that's interesting yeah. huh. i've actually switched over to almost to black coffee most of the, i slowly got myself used to that and i'm on black coffee now well that's that'll put hair on how's the hair on your chest is it growing <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't I'd i hope <laughs> i don't have any that'll put hair on your I'm chest i couldn't now. do it yeah i know right she's looking down her shirt uh no i i couldn't do that i you know, I like coffee, but I just couldn't do it like that. But now, as we'll talk when we talk about making your own plant milks in a little bit, uh, we'll talk about soaking and toasting. And so, if you toast almonds, the, it'll make a before you make the milk, it'll give it a stronger kind of nutty flavor than the raw soaked ones. But we'll Ooh, talk about that. In a we bit. haven't done that before, no. have we? Mm -mm. I want to try that. That sounds good. Yeah. Now, what about coconut? I'll let you do the coconut because I don't like it. Okay, so coconut is, it, I've been reading a lot about the benefits of coconut overall, but coconut milk is also anti-inflammatory. It's also antimicrobial. It's high in fiber, and it helps to maintain electrolyte balance, which is really good, particularly if you exercise a lot. Uh, I use that in smoothies, like I've used it in recovery. We have some, like, not um, milk. We have a lot of the, we usually buy the water for my smoothies, mm -hmm. but I have added that as well to just help, rebalance the um, electrolytes taste wise 
It tastes like coconut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think there's any way to uncoconut the taste of coconut milk. Yeah. There's really not. It's also got a high fat content. So coconut milk is good for ice creams and it's good for smoothies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, we haven't used coconut milk though, right? I don't. I no, don't know I, I have a can of coconut milk in the pantry, you know, for in case we needed it for a recipe or anything. But I tend to just not do that just because I don't like it. So, all right, let's talk about hemp. All right, it's so, so funny when I say when I put, say I put hemp in like my smoothies and stuff, I get looks sometimes at work. Are you stoned? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, me being the the naive. Uh, person i have this image of her like coiling rope in her (laughs) (laughs) can i can you shred some of this rope for me i'd like to put it in my smoothie um but anyway so uh nutrition about the nutrition yeah now hemp is a complete protein which means of course that it contains all 21 of the amino acids that are known and you know there may be more that we don't know about but uh including the nine essential ones that are essential for humans and that's what makes it a complete protein. So the other thing is that protein, when talking about protein in hemp, hemp is 33% pure digestible protein. That's awesome. Yeah. Now that's even more than, I think uh, chia was the other one, but that, that he has even more than chia. Yeah. Uh, hemp seeds and mm-hmm. chia seeds are things I also throw into smoothies. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, hemp is a good source of iron, vitamin E, and omega-3 fatty acids. And nice. we haven't tried making hemp milk or no. even buying it, but allegedly it has kind of a buttery, nutty flavor. So that might be something interesting to try. Yeah, I can't say that I've actually taken, because I do have the protein powder. I do have hemp protein powder that I've used in smoothies. And like I said, hemp seeds that I keep around and throw in if I'm not using the protein powder. I don't mm-hmm. like overhemp it. Overhemp. <laughs> But I, I can't say I've tasted a buttery flavor from that, but it'd yeah. be interesting to try the milk. It might be, yeah, it might be different with the milk. Yeah. And then um, I think when you use hemp to make milk, it gives it like a really pale, light green color. So I don't know. That might be off-putting to some people. and but It I don't does, know, it and it's off-putting kinda... to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the spirulina I use sometimes. Too, yeah, that just like, scares oh, me. How do you drink that? <laughs> um, I'm weird. I just, you know. <laughs> She's very picky. Weird. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit about m- actually making your own plant milks. Okay, so this to me was very surprising at how easy it actually is. Mm-hmm. And here's something that I don't do when I make almond milk that I really should, and I, I need to start doing this. And I think I don't do this thing that we're going to talk about just because I usually make almond milk on the fly. You know, I'll get it. We'll get up in the morning, and Vicky needs a recovery smoothie for her workout. You know, when she works out at lunch, and I was like, "Uh oh, there's no more almond milk." So it's very easy. I can make it in you know two minutes mm-hmm. uh, while I'm fixing breakfast or while I'm doing something while Vicky's getting ready to to go to work. And so what I'm what I'm referring to is soaking the almonds. Uh, and this, this is kind of true for most plant milks. It really is best practice to soak your almond, your nuts, your seeds, whatever it is you're using, your oats, before you make the milk. And I mean, why is that, Larissa? Is, <laughs> Mr. Science. Um, the reason is that soaking releases enzyme inhibitors. And it makes the it help makes helps to make the nutrients in the nuts or seeds whatever you're using more readily digestible 
And uh, that's it's also why, you know, when you have dried beans, why you soak beans, mm-hmm. it's the same right. type of thing. You can also toast the nuts or the seeds beforehand. And, you know, if you're, for example, if you're using rice, then you would just toast, uh, just heat a pan and to- no oil, no nothing like that. You just put the rice in it and just kind of toast it and let it get brown. Same thing with seeds, uh, almonds, uh, nuts, you usually toast in the, the oven. And uh, that'll work as well. It's about 70% as effective as soaking. So soaking is better. I'm going to throw this out there, though, and I don't know this to be 100% true, but I'm assuming, though, that it's probably more important that you soak your nuts or whatever um, if you don't have a very good blender. Because we have like a power Vitamix blender, mm-hmm. and I, I am thinking that it pretty much... It's not, that's know. not the case, though. It's the not. Re- no, it, it really isn't. Eh, the, the, eh, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Can I, there's a big, like, giant... Cane coming yeah. out now. To well, I knew I was stage. just kind of, I was, my mind was just thinking about Well, that, you're so. right in a sense, though. Uh-huh. And why I say that is because soaking does help to soften them. If you soak, you know, almonds overnight, uh, it's going to soften them. So if you have a regular blender, it will make the blending easier. You know, we I have want to say I read that somewhere, yeah. too. Yeah, but, that's, okay. so that is yeah. true. So you're right there. But we have a Vitamix, and it can, you know, blend rocks. Yes. <laughs> so, uh not that we drink rock milk or anything, <laughs> but uh, as far as the soaking goes, it's uh, not essential, but it's it's a best practice. Yeah. And then when you do soak them, you don't want to you want to throw out that soaking water. You don't want to use turn around and just blend it all up after it's been soaking for twelve hours. Get rid of that soaking water because. What happens is the enzyme inhibitors are released during the soaking process into the water. So if you just use that water and blend it for your milk, you're just keeping them just in there. defeated the purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So you want to use fresh water. And I use filtered water. We have a Brita pitcher and I use that for our almond milk. All right. Let's talk about how you can sweeten the milk. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you don't have to sweeten it. Um definitely just do it to your taste. And what I normally use for our almond milk is just a little bit of raw honey. And I probably, I don't measure it. I'm not a fan of measuring stuff, but uh, so I just take a, I just take the honey and squirt it in there. So I would say probably one to two tablespoons is what I use and just kind of squirt it in there with the, the water and the almonds. But you can also use molasses. You could use maple syrup. Now, um, the the blackstrap molasses would be interesting because yes. that's not very sweet. Uh huh. Yeah. And you would really want to just use a teeny tiny bit. Yeah, blackstrap mol- molasses is not sweet at all. No, but that might be an interesting flavor if and if you're looking to add some more nutrients to it. Well, I was going to say not necessarily for the flavor, but definitely for the nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just keep in mind if you use blackstrap molasses, you're really not sweetening it at yeah. all. Uh, and then maple syrup, you could use brown rice syrup, you could use dates, which are a very good natural sweetener. Um, but what about add-ins? What are some things that you could add into it? Okay, so obviously this is our our list, but there are probably other things you could add to those. But vanilla, spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, uh, cardam- cardamom, cardamom, chia, chia seeds, berry juice like strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, mm-hmm. cocoa. And citrus zest. So you could zest uh, like oranges or lemons or limes. That would be interesting. I don't know how that would go with 
with me. But you know, it's so funny when I when I read that first, I thought about it and I was like, "Ooh, you you wouldn't want to put orange in milk, but it's not dairy milk." No. You know, because you think when you think of like Yeah, that's putting, how conditioned we are, right? Yes. Yeah. When you think of putting like like something sour in milk, you're like, "Oh, that would upset my stomach. Yeah. It's sour milk." It's, and but it's not. It's not no. dairy. At you know that vanilla, cinnamon and nutmeg combo sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, I'll I wonder have to if you try can try that. Yeah, we've never heated it. Did you heated, read anything about heating? Heating of, almond, of milk? almond milk? Well, yeah. I do heat it when I make cocoa. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so, you put it in coffee. Oh, right. I wonder how that would be. Like just vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Like together. a spiced. Yeah. Might be Let's a good holiday, take a picture and holiday thing. Kind of like eggnog. For, yeah. You know, it's not like eggnog, but but like a holiday drink. Um, yeah. I have to try that. I'm going to try that. Yeah. I'll make some. Well, I just made some the other day, so we should have enough. All right. So after you make <clears> the milk... What is left? What is left? And this is the one of the things that a Capaldo asked in her email was, what What do you do with that meal? Well, the, the leftover, you're talking about the leftover nut meal. Yes, right. the nut okay. meal. Yeah, after you've, after you've made your milk and then you've strained it through a nut bag, nut milk bag, nut bag, nut milk bag. <laughs> Stop laughing. She's laughing over there. <laughs> I was laughing more at your reaction when you said it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, anyway, so after you strain it with a nut milk bag, which, and I have an awesome one that I use. We have a link to it in our Amazon store. And I've used this thing. It's so easy. You just, I just put it over a pitcher, stick a rubber band around the top so it doesn't slide in. And then, uh, it has a little drawstring and you drain, you know, strain the milk through there, squeeze it to squeeze out all the good stuff. And then what you're left with is a pulp in there that's kind of the the skin from the almonds that, that I use and then the, the meat of the almonds that doesn't pass through that bag. So what I do with it is take that out. Now, I don't do it all the time because I don't use almond flour all the time. So I would have like a ton of flour just sitting around. But you can take that out, spread it out on a baking sheet, put it in a low oven and um, dry it. And then once it's dry, now you have to, it takes a few hours and you have to kind of like periodically stir it, break it up because it's kind of clumpy. And then you just break it up with your hands and spread it around. Once it's dry, put it in a food processor, or I guess you could use a blender and pulse it just until it's flour consistency. Now it's not going to be the same consistency, that kind of smooth, almost silky-ish consistency of, you know, regular processed flour, but it definitely will get to a fine ground consistency. And then that's what you can use to bake. Okay. And we do have on our YouTube channel, if you haven't checked that out, we do have videos for both making, you can see Larissa making some almond milk and see how easy it is. And also making the, um, or, or how you, the meal, right? The, the making it into flour. Right. right. Make it into flour. Okay, well, I think that does it for our episode, let, our main topic anyways. Let's move on into our recipe of the week. Okay, now in keeping with this episode, the topic, I have decided to curate a list of recipes that use almond flour. And I chose almond flour because, you know, we were just talking about that. And I mean, you can you can make flour from the meal from other plant milks. But I like I said, I chose almond flour because I have it. 
and that's the type of milk we normally make. And we were just talking about it. So I will curate a list to put on the on the show notes for this episode of some recipes that actually use almond flour. Okay, sounds sounds good. Yeah, now, okay, your turn. What about the quote this week? All right, so Larissa and I take turns kind of finding the quote of the week, and we try to keep it in line with some of the things that, you know, we're talking about for this particular episode. One of the things I was thinking about and the reason why we moved over to our own homemade milk is because we were not happy with what we saw on the labels of those that are store-bought. And they have to put a lot of additives in those, things that are not so good for you, to keep them fresh so they'll stay in the store. And But unfortunately, with that is things that you don't want to necessarily be putting into your body. So I found this quote, and it's from Buddha, and he said, to keep the body in good health is a duty. Otherwise, we shall not be able to keep our minds strong and clear. That's good. Yeah, and I think one of the things that, you know, when we formed the podcast, we talked about, you know, our tagline, happy body, healthy mind. And it was more about keeping your body happy so that you're, you're the balance of, of the clarity of your mm-hmm. mind. And I have certainly noticed as we've been vegetarians for what, almost two years now? Speaking mm-hmm. of which, our vegiversary is coming up. We have it to start is. planning I what know. we're going to do for that. I know. But as we've done that, I, so much has changed with my ability. My brain fog has gone mm-hmm. way down. I used to feel tired all the time, just so lethargic. There's no way I would have had the energy to be able to do you know, my corporate full-time job plus this podcast. Mm-hmm. Plus all do. the other projects you work on yeah. and, you know, doing stuff together for us and, and taking care of the pets and yeah, everything. We used to just always be so tired and just yeah. felt like vegging out in front of the TV. And now I just feel like I have a lot of energy. Yeah. Well, and it's just like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast is that, uh, things have changed for me dramatically health wise, you know, I mean, I still have aches and pains and, and with this crazy weather we've been having, I mean, my joints have really been singing and and protesting, but I don't have the degree of the problems that I used to have with this. And like I said, you know, the, the underlying medical issues are still there, but the way that my body handles them, I think is much, much better. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode this week. I just wanted to remind folks that we do have quite a few Pinterest boards out on Pinterest. And not only will you find recipes because tis the season for the potlucks, right? Mm. Uh, So there's a lot of good ideas out there, but there's also some gift ideas for the vegan and the veg in your life or for you as well, you know, that are cruelty-free type ideas Mm -hmm. to, um, to share with your friends, family, and all that. So head on out there. And if you haven't liked us on Pinterest, there's a lot of stuff out there to take a look at. And speaking of gifts, I would like to plug one little thing of ours. Uh, We've recently gotten our shop back stocked with some more jewelry and I've, I've started making jewelry again, which I didn't realize how much I missed it until I actually sat down the other day to make some pieces. And uh, we had a, we had a few sales kind of out of the blue, which really surprised me because I wasn't really actively promoting it. And we had a couple of sales at the beginning of this week and I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to put some more out there. So I actually started doing that. I photographed a ton of of things that I had made previously, but hadn't photographed and put out there and and, uh, just realized how much I missed it. And so I'm starting to do some more things again. I love doing... So right now what we have on there is, is all of my paper bead 
jewelry, which is all, you know, Vicky and I both make the paper beads. She gives me a lot more credit for that than I deserve. <laughs> well, <laughs> I I'm do. hoping to encourage that behavior. Yes, well, it's very therapeutic. It I did. I, I do enjoy it. It took me a bit to get the hang of him, but I do enjoy making them. I need to get back to that. Yeah. So, yes, please do, because I, I like doing that with you. It's fun. But uh, so we make the, the beads from paper, from, you know, uh, newspaper, from... So it's all upcycled. Yes, from... Uh, magazines, everything, you know, any paper is fair game. And then um, I make those into jewelry. And we've got... And the designs are 100% you. And it's yeah. funny because neither one of us are really big jewelry people. No. But she really mm-hmm. makes some awesome designs. So, and I even tell her when I look at them when she shows me a new one she designed, I was like, I so wish I was a jewelry person. <laughs> I just don't wear them myself. But I mean, they're so beautiful. It makes even a non-jewelry, wear, non-jewelry wearer like me want to wear them. <laughs> right. But to my what, I, what my point was is that I do love doing custom pieces. I've done custom pieces in the past when I had an Etsy store and it's it's fun for me it's a challenge so if you have something specific that you're looking for for a gift for you know for someone for a wedding or for a birthday or or what have you let me know you know i've seen can... her do just about everything she's been commissioned to do so i would say challenge accepted challenge accepted <laughs> and we have coasters we've got upcycled coasters on there so check us out you can get to that from our website um, there's a shop button or you can just go directly to there it's www.vegetarianzen.com forward slash shop all right i think that does it for this week all right peace out bye thanks for joining us today on vegetarian zen We've created a free resource for you to show you five ways to sneak more fruits and veggies into your diet. You can download it right now by visiting VegetarianZen.com. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind.